time has gone on, which is natural as markets mature, there's been a bifurcation in names in the U.S. market. And mostly this is publicly traded on MSOs, but it does apply to bifurcations that are occurring in the private market between the larger companies, profitable companies or cash flow generating companies that have access to capital, that have enough scale, that are attracting a significant amount of capital versus the rest of the industry, which is still struggling to access capital. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on Raising Cannabis Capital, we are continuing this year's Cannabis Investor Series with another former guest, Jeff Howard, the managing partner at Silveo Capital. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Dan. How are you? Fine. I'm fine. Good to have you back. A uh, lot's changed since we talked in December, that's for sure. Yeah. I want to talk about that. But before we do, let's talk about Silveo real quickly. When you were here last, you talked about why you have such stringent due diligence process, which at this time last year may have seemed a little unnecessarily conservative, especially for the early stage companies. <laughs> but now you're looking like Warren Buffett. Can you start by giving us an update on your portfolio companies? Yeah, no. Thanks, Dan. And thanks for having me back. Yeah, certainly interesting times since December. No question about that. So our process from the beginning and through current day is always to bring an institutional investment lens to the cannabis industry. Notwithstanding the fact that the industry now has been around for a number of years, we still believe it is still fairly early in the investing space. And so we've always wanted to bring an institutional level of due diligence to the space. So we feel we've done that in addition to doing co-investments amongst most of our existing portfolio companies and our main fund. In that main fund, we've built a portfolio of 21 companies. And amongst those 21 companies, it crosses the entire cannabis ecosystem from non-plant touching tech ancillary businesses, to direct plant touching cannabis brands, to vertically integrated MSOs, vertically integrated SSOs. And so we feel that based on being in the space and investing in the space for a while now, one of the earlier investors in the space, and having good exposure across the entire ecosystem, we felt it was appropriate before the craziness of 2020. And, and to your point, I think it's showing to have been prudent. Now, within those 21 companies, to, to answer your specific question about how the portfolio is doing, the portfolio is doing well. There's obviously better performers, middle of the road performers, and, and some that are doing fine. That all has to do with where the industry is with accessing capital and, and so forth. Last year, we talked about the deal flows and you're just like, Dan, there's a never ending stream of deals. How's the deal flow today compared to where it was last year? Obviously, the industry has ebbed and flowed and, and the public markets have somewhat dictated even how the private markets have ebbed and flowed as far as access to capital and deal flow. Etc. When we spoke last time, obviously pre-COVID, but even six, seven months into COVID and the most recent rally in, in the cannabis public equity markets, the industry is growing faster than it still has access to capital. And some of the capital is punitive. Once COVID hit, we advised really circling the wagons and protecting the existing portfolio and providing financial and operational guidance to our existing portfolio companies and, and strategy. So deal flow has gone down. 
as a result of COVID. There is more capital, but it's still constrained. And so a lot of companies are deciding to wait it out, not raise capital at punitive terms in their minds or bad deal terms for the companies themselves or the founders themselves. And so it's been a combination of kind of macro external events and then also unique specifically to where the cannabis industry is in its cycle. This is unprecedented times. It's hard to really compare this to anything else, but it seems like with all the positive stuff that we're hearing about the industry, just the fact that it was deemed essential, seems like that would make investors more optimistic. It seemed like the, the flow of money into the industry would be improved. But I'm hearing that valuations are flat or even down, and it just doesn't make sense. Why is that? I think there's two components to that question. One is where the capital is coming from in the industry. And two, I do think there's been a couple of different bifurcations in the industry over the course of the last 12 months. And it's something that we at Salveo have been talking about for a while, as have others, that the initial bifurcation started when there was a cyclical flow of capital out of Canada and into the U.S. market. Canada obviously legalized in October 2018. There was a massive amount of capital put to work leading up to that. And then investors turned their attention to the U.S. market. And then as time has gone on, which is natural as markets mature, there's been a bifurcation in names in the U.S. market. And mostly this is publicly traded MSOs, but it does apply to bifurcations that are occurring in the private market between the larger companies, profitable companies or cash flow generating companies that have access to capital, that have enough scale, that are attracting a significant amount of capital versus the rest of the industry, which is still struggling to access capital. So how does that affect valuations, which you've also seen mostly in the public markets? The retail investors in, in public equity cannabis companies, primarily in Canada, just got totally burned. Retail is largely out of the market. U.S. institutions don't really like putting money to work on the CSE. And then you have in the U.S. market, because it's still federally illegal, you have the big profitable revenue generating MSOs that because it's federally legal, can only list OTC in the U.S. market. Mm -hmm. So you have a whole entire swath of retail, mostly Robinhood traders that don't have access to OTC. So as a result of that, it puts a lid somewhat on valuations because there's not the institutional capital that should be there. And it's not going to be there yet until something changes at the federal level. Well, just to follow up on that, but that hasn't really changed from this year to last. I mean, last year we had basically that same environment existed, but the valuations were higher last year. Is it just all COVID related? No, I don't think it's COVID related. I think the industry is changing how it values companies and how it prioritizes where investment dollars go. Like in Canada, for instance, there's still just a massive oversupply of flour in Canada. And there's not enough retail in Canada. The export market hasn't been as strong or has come as quickly as it once had. And so it gets back to the bifurcation. The way investors are looking at the investable companies, public and private, the investment community is being much more selective and picky and changing how it values and the types of deals they're putting together for these companies. And until they have access to the U.S. capital markets, even if they're an ancillary company, non-plant touching, it's really the U.S. market needs to open up and it's still TBD there. Well, I guess from an investor standpoint, it's great because it's a buyer's market and rolling right from there, what sectors do you like and what sectors are you avoiding? So we like a handful of private MSOs and SSOs. 
And I would say even leaning more towards SSOs in the right market, single state operators. Consolidation is going to continue to, to occur in the industry. You have the big four MSOs that are really, for the most part, geographically maxed out, but there are still some great single state operators in great markets that we like and we're continuing to track and, and monitor. There's still opportunity in, in the ancillary tech space. We feel that corner of the industry is ripe for consolidation from external non-cannabis tech companies, but certainly within the tech industry. And we spent a good deal of time trying to map out how we think that tech ancillary side is going to work out. But in general, I believe that the industry is at an inflection point, and a lot of that is going to depend on the regulatory environment at the federal level. And, and I think we're going to start getting some answers starting on, on November 3rd. I know you mentioned earlier that the retail investors got torched in the public market last year, but a lot of them are looking at this opportunity and saying, hey, maybe I want to get back into it, but I'd rather let somebody else manage my cannabis investment dollars. Why are some other advantages to working with Silveo Capital? As much as I and we at Silveo believe in the opportunity, and we really do, I hate the term, but it is a once in a generation opportunity for a market to effectively build itself up from a black market to a gray market to a totally regulated, transparent market at the growth rate that it's going at. So as incredibly bullish and, and excited we are about the opportunity that the market presents itself, it's a tricky market. It's not your typical, hey, I see the upside, so I'm going to put some money to work. I'm going to pick the right publicly traded cannabis company or I'm going to try to pick the diamond in the rough in the private market. And there's a lot of tricky aspects to, to the investing landscape within cannabis. Regulatory, obviously, it's a very bifurcated state-by-state -state market. Export-import markets are developing. Every country has its own regulatory regime. you got to navigate the, the financial system and that lack of liquidity from the, the public markets in the U.S. So a very long answer to your short question is, I think whether it's with us at Salveo or other folks in this investment space, this is such a nascent, tricky industry that I'd rather have my money with somebody who does this full-time and has been doing it for a while. And, and not only a good portfolio, but also good visibility of deal flow across the entire ecosystem. Well, I think that's important. And you've been doing this since 2016, I think, is when you started this. So, I mean, there's not many companies that have been investing as long as you have. And I have the links to Silveo and to Jeff in the show notes. So if anybody wants to circle back and continue this conversation with Jeff, I'm sure he'd be happy to speak with you. Jeff, thanks for being on the show. It's always great to talk to you. Yeah, Dan, thanks for having me again. And always great talking to you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.